We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good morning. Brian Mazurowski here with you for the next hour on WBEN. Hope everyone's having a good Monday out there uh, after a nice Bills win yesterday and hopefully another one to come in less than a week on Saturday. We've got a lot in store for you, and I wanted to start on an issue we were talking about this morning, something that is expected to be talked about a little bit more in depth at a couple of school board meetings later on this week throughout Western New York, and that is the state memo sent out to schools saying that native mascots imagery needs to be done with or else there will be consequences that could include the removal of the superintendent and the school board. I think it's a very interesting issue to look at, and that's why I'm bringing on uh, my first guest this morning, and that is John Kane, a native activist who you might recognize his voice on the radio. Um, Let's Talk Native, John Kane uh, from back in 1520. John, I, I was a producer of your show for a short period in time. Yes, you were. Um, unfortunately, the, you know, not so anymore. But I, I miss seeing your face. It's great to have you on the radio. Uh, I, I want to just start with this idea. And I'm wondering what kind of role you might have played in this. Because you're as outspoken as they come on a lot of these issues and have been for many, many years. I, when this memo was sent out, did you play a little bit of a part in maybe shaping how this would be worded to school districts? Not so much how it would be worded, but I actually was one of the forces that made this happen. Uh, as If you've read the memo, you know they cite Cambridge Central School in, in the memo directly. And that's where I went to high school. And I took the fight to them. As you know, I've been involved in some of the mascot issues before, including with, uh, when Lancaster changed theirs. But, you know, when I've been involved in the, this debate, Oftentimes, I'm invited in by a school board or a school board member or, you know, perhaps one of the organizations that's involved in it. Uh, but my school, my old high school never called. So I finally said, look, I can't I, I can't take on a school like Lancaster and and not address my my own school. So uh, so I went to Cambridge back in, in the fall, like November of uh, 2020, and I formally asked them to retire their Cambridge Indians mascot. Um, I started a bit of a petition, and I garnered a little bit of support, mostly some overwhelming opposition, and I did get the school board to retire the mascot um, at the end of that school year. 
they had ran a few school board members on a new school board members who ran solely on uh, the mascot platform. And then they rescinded the retirement memo. And the families that I was associated with in Cambridge then petitioned the uh, commissioner of education, Dr. Betty Rosa, uh, and, and claimed that the rescinding of that retirement resolution was arbitrary and capricious and an abuse of their discretionary authority. And she agreed. So she ordered Cambridge to return to its retirement resolution. And once she did that, I started pressing her directly and in the media out in the Albany area, the Times Union and other papers out there, saying, look, if you can tell one school to, uh, to get rid of its mascot, you can tell the rest of the schools. But here's the backstory that most people aren't paying attention to. 20 years ago, the commissioner of education, Dr. Uh, Richard Mills, told schools then that this idea that you're honoring Native people is not, it, it's not flying anymore. You're not going to get away with this thing. We've, we've done the analysis. We've, we've looked at what the, uh, the experts say, both on, uh, from a psychological association uh, standpoint, and all of the Native leaders have, have weighed in on this. And that was 20 years ago. And he told schools then, you need to get rid of the mascot and do it in a time that's practical. I mean, he didn't give them a deadline, and he wasn't threatening them, but he said, do it. And many did, but not all of them did. And some of them actually dug in, and some of them actually expanded the use of their native mascots, like Cambridge. And, and I, don't, I can't speak to Iroquois Central and some of the others, but they had 20 years. It wouldn't have cost a dime to get rid of these things because they could have just phased them out. But they, but they didn't. And you know what? When Washington dumped its, uh, its racial slur of a mascot and Cleveland dumped its, its goofy uh, logo and, and its name, other, again, another wave of school said, yeah, the handwriting has been on the wall, and it's clearly becoming more prominent on the wall. I need to do this. But those schools who refused really refused at, you know, at their own peril. So when this memo came out, which came, came on the heels of Cambridge suing the commissioner of education and losing in court. So now she had a court – I mean, the NYSED had a court ruling – supporting this authority that the that the commissioner had and you know here's the other thing that that this uh new york state department of education has that richard mills didn't have 20 years ago they ha- they've got laws they've got laws like the dignity for all students act which which is again cited in this memo that you can't you can't have a promote a racial stereotype of a people and then have a, of a law that's supposed to be uh supposed to stop discrimination and of course you also have this wave of diversity, equity, inclusion programs that NYSED has been uh, active in, in uh, promoting. And many schools have adopted these things. So the question is, how can you have a, a, po- a law that's supposed to prevent discrimination, a policy that's supposed to encourage equity, inclusion, and diversity, and still have one group of people being mocked and uh, being used by others for their amusement and entertainment in these, in these oftentimes ridiculous images. You know, John, I, I can only speak for myself, but it's, I think, clear for me, uh, and I think a lot of people, to see, and we go back to what happened in Lancaster. You mentioned what happened in uh, D.C. with the Washington, then Redskins, the Lancaster, then Redskins. And it's, I, I think it's clear for people to look at that and see why, okay, you know, this shouldn't be a nickname anymore. I think it's a lot less clear for people to see out of, you know, Warriors. Warriors is going to be a popular one this time around because that's many of the school districts in western New York we're talking about are 
the Warriors for their nickname. And I think people look at that and say, oh, wait a second, what's wrong with that? In your eyes, what is wrong with that? Well, what, what, get, what people are understanding is they're missing the point. It isn't necessarily even the terminology. Yeah, some words are worse than others. Savage and Redskin, yeah. There's no question that those things are pretty derogatory. It's the idea of using a people for a mascot. I mean, the, the offensiveness comes from being used in this way. I mean, think about this, Brian. At the very time that schools were adopting these native mascots for their schools, and, and let's be honest, they weren't doing it for us. They were doing it for them. They, they weren't promoting us. They were promoting themselves and certain characteristics that they were trying to uh, associate with, the, with those, image, those imageries. But at the same time schools were doing that, Native kids were still being ripped out of their homes and sent to boarding schools to have their identity stripped. So, I mean, how could you even, even not connect the fact that white kids were being encouraged to beat on their oatmeal canisters and uh, smear their mom's makeup on their face and play Indian as a part of their schooling while Native kids were having their identity literally beaten out of them? So, but what gets missed in all this is it's not necessarily the terminology. It is, it's the practice itself. But on the terminology and the imagery, think about what they're portraying. They're portraying us as relics of the past. So there are many people who don't even know Native people still exist. What do they, what do they see? They see a logo on the side of a helmet. They see these, these, these buff, virile, aggressive, if not violent imagery, images of, of Native people that are last on, their, on their, 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 their walls as murals or banners and that kind of stuff. That's the way we are characterized. Yeah. Look, I have no problem. In fact, I use the expression warrior. But I use the expression warrior as a peacekeeper, not as, as, a, as a violent analogy to you know, people crashing into each other on a football field. I, um, I'm glad you brought up that point because, truthfully, that's why I brought you on today. Because you said something many years ago when I was producing your show that has stuck with me as, uh, it, John, it, it is to me like the argument in this entire nationwide controversy uh, that you brought up. Uh, it would have to be you know close to 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And that is that in your eyes and I, I think truthfully – it treats Native people as if they do not exist anymore. And, and I remember you talking about this years ago and you bringing up things like Spartans or other ways that we would name teams, and it evokes an image of the past. And your argument was, well, it's not a thing of the past. I'm sitting here talking to you right now. Uh, and that, to me, is a key argument in all of this. Do you think it is the key to getting people to maybe understand your point of view. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I mean, the fact that we're still here. I mean, and let's, let's be honest. I mean, we all know that this idea of objectification is a negative thing. But that's this is clearly what it is. And here's the one thing, Brian, I got to ask. I got to ask. For those people who say that they're doing this to honor us, I ask one simple question. How would you do the same thing to, uh, for black people? How, what, would, what would be your imagery? What would be the name of your, 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 your sports team? If you can't come up with an appropriate name and image to honor black people, then why the hell do you think you can do it to Native people? Because you're, you're creating – see, what, 
what I was saying is that the this mascot issue and the, the names and logos, they are actually the eraser. Our presence isn't being promoted by that. In fact, our, our existence is actually being, uh, you know, being clouded by this thing. It's almost being erased because we are being cast as these, as these relics of the past. You know, we've had Hollywood um, define us. We've had, you know, famous authors define us in, in their literature. We, you know, we, we see this on television. We see it, we, and, and we see it in these mascots. The, but we're still here, and we're living, breathing human beings, and we aren't necessarily somebody with a tomahawk in our hands on the warpath. John, I uh, have two cousins of mine, half Seneca, and I've talked to one of them about this uh, quite a lot. And he went to a native college and, you know, he spent a lot of time talking about this issue with native people from all over the U.S. And his big takeaway from this, and I want to know what you think about this, because this is the other thing. Your point is one that sticks with me on this issue. His point is another. And his big takeaway is there's no real consensus among all Native people that everybody thinks the same way. And his big thing was, I think most people are just sick of white people telling us what we think. Um, From my knowledge and what I've heard over the past few days, um, at least from the Seneca Nation, they were not made aware that the state was going to send out this memo when they did. This was a directive from the state Is there a little bit of that here? Is there a little bit of, can we stop pinholing, you know, uh, pigeonholing everyone in to one box in terms of how they feel about a particular issue? Because your opinion, my opinion, might not reflect everybody's opinion. Well, and and that's that's true for for Native people and non-Native people. But but let let me be clear here. The, there is somewhat of a consensus when you look at the, the nations who have weighed in on the subject. There are, there's not a single Native organization or uh, Native entity of any kind that has defended this. We've had the National Congress of the American Indian. We've had the Native American Journalists Association. The Seneca Nation has, has already weighed in on this. In fact, some of their statements regarding this use of mascots was used in the Cambridge case, in the lawsuit, and was and has been pre- placed in front of uh, of in front of Nathan. As was the Mohawk territories, as was Onondaga, the rest of the Haudenosaunee, the uh, 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 all of the nations that that are involved with with um, their ancestry being here, and frankly, in all these other regions, Native people have waited. Now, I know that there are individual natives who don't hold the same view and and part of it and i'm going to explain that you consider the fact that we have experienced i mean through residential schools alone almost 200 years of of erasure of identity we we have been we've had our language forbidden we've had so much of our culture that has been derided and then it gets lifted up in hollywood and then we see the dominant culture doing things like naming the football teams after them so i know that as I was a kid, there were, I knew a lot of you know, my relatives who, who were Washington football fans or Cleveland baseball fans. And the reason they were is because it was, it was the only thing in the dominant culture that they could identify with. But as many of us matured, we realized what a mockery it really was. And especially as, uh, you know, as this whole idea of, of the business of sports grew, 
when you see 50,000 people, you know, in red face, slinging, you know, these foam tomahawks and, and, and really just embarrassing. I mean, it, it is embarrassing because it is, it is a mockery. I mean, look, I, I, I have to keep making the analogy. We know that blackface is wrong, but why don't we know redface is wrong? I mean, we still had people showing up at, at – at, they still show up at, at uh, Kansas City games. They were showing up at, at Cleveland games, literally in red face and headdresses. I mean, we, and then, then I, and I always got to point to this one. There was a Philadelphia sports fan, both for the Eagles and for the uh, the Flyers, who would, when they would play a team like Washington or the, the Chicago Blackhawks, this guy would put on makeup. He would take out a, out of a duffel bag a rubber head that he had dressed, you know, made up like a native, like a decapitated native native head with headdresses on and with war paint on. And then he would, he had a saber. He would run through this, this head and he'd hoist it up during the games. And you know what? TV couldn't resist putting him on. I mean, even during the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, they, uh, they couldn't resist focusing in on this. On this Philadelphia Flyers fan with the impaled Indian head, so, John. John, to, because we're running out of time, to sum up your argument against it, it, it sounds like it's basically you want Native people to be treated the same way that anybody would treat any other race of people. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in a nutshell, yes. And, and we are the only ones singled out for this for this purpose. And 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 it's just got to stop. It, it is a mockery. It is the appropriation of our identities, and and unlike many other mascots, people become really, really um, obsessed with this. And you have people say, "No, I'm going to be a warrior for the rest of my life." Do you, you ever hear anybody say, "I'm going to be a, you know, a panther for the rest of my life"? I mean, you, the way that white people, especially, have, have glommed onto this imagery, and the second you tell them that it's wrong, I, I've always said, you know, it's even more racist than. Uh, than using Native people for a mascot, uh, the response you get when you tell people it's wrong. Well, John, appreciate the time, as always, and thank you for your perspective on this. Uh, and it's a pleasure to talk with you once again. John Kane, a Native activist who's uh, joining us to talk about this issue. And I want to hear from people on this issue. And I do think it is important to listen to, uh, because I see the text board right now. It's important to expose yourself to people who disagree with you on the issue. And if you think he's being too sensitive, as uh, somebody just texted in, uh, to put yourself in his shoes as well. What would you do? I will. I have one problem with the state's directive, even though... Because of my conversations with John in the past, I do think it is uh, well-intentioned and and a good idea. But I do have one issue with it and and what it might cause. And and I want to hear from you, too. 803-0930 throughout the morning here on WBEN uh, to join me after the news with uh, what you think. The state telling school districts no more Native American imagery, no more Native American mascots. Is it about time? Let me know. 803-0930. I'll be here. Brian Mazeroski on WBEN.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, back here. Uh, Joe Beamer is here. He's just sneaking out of the studio, and he'll be in for David Bellavia coming up uh, about a half an hour from right now. Uh, we are talking about this. If you missed the start of the show, John Kane, Native activist, join me to talk about this issue. The state's uh, directive, the memo sent out to schools, change your Native mascot or else could remove uh, your school board, could remove the superintendent. We're serious this time. Uh, and what you think about that. Now, I, I wanted to get John on to get his perspective on things because I think it is just crazy <laughs> when people talk about this without at least getting some perspective of the other half. I think it's crazy to do what uh, I mentioned to John, my cousin says, which is have a bunch of white people talk about how uh, we feel the whole time. Uh, so uh, we had John on, and I, I want to hear from you, 803-0930. And I like a lot of John's points. To me, the, the number one point, the reason I brought him on, he brought it up again on his own uh, this time around. I heard him make this point about a decade ago. And, and it is the one thing that stuck with me. It, he feels that having your image that having a native mascot for whatever a high school team a professional team whatever it might be it's his position that that's treating his entire group of people an entire race of people as if they don't exist anymore because you only do that to things that don't exist or relics of the past, Spartans, right? Something from a bygone era. And you would never do that. And he mentioned this: you would never do that. Could you imagine? We have a new team. Oh, we're we're adding uh, Williamsville. We're changing our name. We're going to be the Williamsville Whites. We're just, uh, you know, we're honoring the heritage. It just, you know, we're going to put a white guy's uh, face on the side of the helmets. 
And no, look, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no slur. But you would never do it. You would never do it. You would never name a team right now. I mean, how many teams are out there? You know, there's all these new sports. The XFL coming back, they named all their teams. Teams change names. No one is naming their team after any race of people in the year 2022. Because you would never do it. So, that's the one thing that's always stuck with me that John has said. That it, it treats... Native people as if they're a thing of the past. Well, they're not. They're right here. Now, I mentioned at the end of last segment, there is there is one thing. Now, I, I, somebody texting in, uh, the Rams, oh, they still exist. Hey, buddy, you're, you're, you're not calling into the PETA show, all right? Rams are animals, not people. There is an issue I take with how the state went about doing this this time around. In this memo sent out to schools saying that this has to be done by the end of the school year, you have to begin this process or else you're out. It is creating conflict where I don't know if there necessarily needs to be that conflict. I remember covering the whole ordeal in Lancaster. Right? I, I, that whole ordeal. I remember covering that. And it was ugly. It was very ugly. It, it, the, the whole thing about it was ugly. You had a town kind of fighting each other. You had adults... Yelling at kids in school for me. It was just gross, the whole thing. And I do feel that the state's directive right now is just inviting that ugliness, that conflict to happen in places where you didn't really need it to happen. I mean, I mean, was there a conflict? Was there an uproar in the city of Tonawanda about this? Was there an uproar in Cheektowaga about this? Could this have been better resolved by letting it happen organically over time? I think so. And, and that's where my problem would be, is that it, it invites this conflict Maybe unnecessarily. Or if you listen to John there, necessarily. He believes that this needs to happen. That, yeah, there's going to be some conflicts along the way, but he and other people think like him have had enough. Well, what do you think? 803-0930. We'll start in Lancaster, and we'll go to Rose. Rose, um, you know, I I remember being in Lancaster when this was going down, and it it was ugly. Um, yes, yes, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just calling to give you a different perspective. I attended Iroquois High School from second grade till the time I graduated. From at least second grade to eighth grade, we learned about all the Native American tribes in New York State. What they ate, how they hunted, um, 
what their houses were like, um, what their uh, rituals were like, um, not extensively, but a skim of that. All through those formative years of learning, I learned to revere and respect to this day at 56 years old, the Native American. Okay? I cannot tell you when I think about them hunting and using every single scrap of that animal, what, what as a, even just a human being that does for me out of respect for them, okay? So to say that I looked at any kind of Indian um, or, I'm sorry, Native American in our culture or in our state as a um, crazy, savage, or any of those awful things? No. Okay? I have always had the utmost respect for the American Indians. So I know that some people might have a different brain and take that um, Native American symbol to a different level. Um, like you said, the, the, the guy at the hockey game or whatever. Um, nobody wants to be looked at like that, okay? Um, and, and I really, I, I love my school. I love Iroquois. Um, I feel that I wouldn't maybe be the person I am academically, intellectually, or just as a person, if I didn't go to that school, because it was a wonderful place to have an education. And as I said, we were never taught anything disparaging about Native Americans, let alone the Iroquois. Everybody that went there, goes there now, takes pride in the fact that they are Iroquois chief. Well, Rose, I'm, uh, I appreciate the thoughts. I'm struggling to see how any of this really relates to... A mascot. The, uh, the mascot is not changing whether or not you get to learn about all that stuff. I understand. Um, but um, I guess what I'm trying to say is some of these schools, their history is steeped in those um, uh, whatever mascots. Um, I mean, there's lineage of, of families that have um, gone on to do great things um, because of those sports uh, experiences that they had, okay? Um, and, and I understand, I understand, I understand that the Native Americans are not happy about it. I get it. But I'm just trying to let you know that not every white person in the suburbs looks at it the same way. Rose, I appreciate the call, and I mean, listen, I the I understand what you're saying, and I, I don't think that anybody who uses that, you know, that is their team name. I, I don't think anyone who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs is a racist against Native Americans because they like being on the Chiefs and they wear a jacket that says it. Uh, but what you said toward the end there. You know, I understand Native Americans uh, might not be that happy. Shouldn't that be, you know, like the number one thing that matters in this? You know, again, if you're going to, and a lot of people are bringing up the fighting Irish. 
You know, again, I said that name came from what, like a hundred years ago. If they were naming the team now, they wouldn't choose that name. You can't dispute that. But if a, a group of Irish people, I'm sure they're they are, started to speak out and say, "We don't like this. We don't like the stereotype. We don't like that a team name. We're still here." I mean, then you would. You would have that discussion. To my knowledge, that hasn't happened yet. It's happening here with another group. I mean, I, I, that should be the number one thing. And I, I, also with this, with the mascots when it comes to high school. You know, John said this in the last segment. You, you never do you, how do you hear people walking around saying, "Well, I'm proud to be a Panther," and that's you know, I went to Sweden. We were the Panthers. I would just never, I like, I I can't imagine. Right, I, I remember this. The image that is stuck in my head of covering the uh, uh, all the meetings and everything that happened in Lancaster and being there was like a 60-year-old man in his letterman jacket. And like I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm thinking of another L word to describe that type of person. Like I'm I'm not like sitting back and thinking like ah oh yeah, thank goodness I was a panther. Thank go- when Lancaster changed their name, my vote was for no name. Like you don't need a mascot at all. You're Lancaster. Like that's what you should be proud of. Your hometown. Not a knight or a whatever, an orange, a bill, a saber, you know, whatever you, like, it's the location that you take pride in, not the mascot. And I uh, never understood people years and years later, like, hanging on to, like, one little bit of their high school experience I always looked at that as being a little strange. I played sports in high school. I had a great time in high school. You won't catch me. As soon as I graduated, you're not catching me walking the halls. I'm not going back. It's like done. It was school. Go to uh, Bonnie. Bonnie, also in Lancaster. You're on WBEN. What's going on? Hi. I have a couple opinions, and I sort of agree with Rose. But what I'd like to say is, and I'm much older than Rose, um, we never looked at these names, uh, whether it was the DP Wildcats, uh, the uh, JFK Bears. To us, it was strength. Warriors meant strength, power. Um, We didn't dissect it and and make it into something. It was just our school. Bonnie, can I stop you right there? I just want to ask you, when... You mentioned that. I, nobody is really, I, I don't think this gets through enough. Nobody is accusing the people in the district. When you listen to John talk, he's not accusing you or any administrator or anyone of doing anything differently. He's saying that, okay, it might be well-intentioned, but that's not always how it's taken from Native people living today. Uh, doesn't that count for anything? Well, I understand that. And um, I really think we should go to the source, go to the Indians, the various cultures, and find out how they truly feel. Are, are they truly upset about it? Or 
you know, all of a sudden we're making all these rash decisions uh, in their school, just invested all that money in their field, and now they have to would reevaluate. Um, like I said, it seems like when I was growing up, and I'll be 75, we just never dissected it. We never put psychology into play. It was we were proud of our school, our mascot, whatever it was, and never thought beyond that. Now it's uh, touchy-feely, uh, our feelings are hurt, our uh, it's just getting ridiculous. Well, and- Bonnie, uh, thanks for the call. We have a lot on the line I want to get to. I want to respond to your point. Listen, I, you, I will be the first to tell you when I think something's being too touchy-feely, you know, something like that. You're being overly sensitive. To me, this is just like a classic example of where's the hurt in this? To me, changing a mascot in a high school is not a big deal. The point you bring up about the cost of changing it over, well, okay, well, then don't do it right away. If you just put in a new turf field with the mascot on it, uh, let it age out. But there's no real harm in changing the name of a high school mascot. I mean, there really isn't. Like, at the end of the day, what does it mean? To me, like nothing. Again, I say, I went to Sweet Home. I played school. We were the Panthers. We could have been the Piddlywinks for all I care. Like, it just does not matter at all. And you're being told by a group of people, and not all, and Bonnie, I like your idea. Well, let's go poll. Uh, okay, yes, let's get a poll of every native person in America. Like that's opinions differ. I brought that up with John. I, opinions differ across. You're in no way going to get every native person to say yes. This offends me. You're in no way going to get every native person to say the other thing because hey, guess what? They're people too. And opinions are different. An opinion from one person to another is going to be a different thing. But you have a pretty sizable group of Native people telling you, hey, we find this to be offensive for these reasons. You know, this the Redskin example, we find this to be offensive because in our culture, this is a slur. And we would appreciate it if you would consider changing the name. For Warriors, we find this to be a little offensive because I, we feel like we're here and you would never do this to any other race. So if you could, please consider changing the name. And by the way, I think it should be mentioned that these it is a sizable portion of our community. Like these are our neighbors. Seneca, Iroquois, native people are here living with us in western New York. These are your neighbors telling you, hey, yeah, it doesn't really sit right with me. And not all of them will say that. Some will say, I have no problem with it. But in this instance, when you're talking about the nickname for a high school, what's the hurt? We're not talking about something crazy that you were asking to be changed. 
We're asking uh, people to say, well, hey, can you please stop eating cereal every morning because that's uh, offensive to me or something. You know, I don't know. It's the name of a high school. Like, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I, and you could say we're being, oh, you know, we're being too, everyone's too fragile, easily offended. I mean, I could turn that right back and say, hey, if you care so much about your high school changing names, you're being a little fragile and easily offended. It can all go both ways. What I'm hoping is that everyone gets out of their comfort zone a little bit and just sees all the aspects. And at the end of the day, everyone, again, everyone's going to have a different opinion. And those opinions are not going to be uniform. Every native person does not think that all these mascots should be changed. Some of them like it. But then you have a sizable part on the other way. Joe, like everything, it's not black and white, even though that's what we love to make things black and white. Right. I mean, you look at Florida State is the example that comes to mind. They're the Florida State Seminoles, but they have a relationship with the Seminole Nation, right? I mean, that is they work together, and that's why Florida State is still, I mean, their mascot is actually someone from the Seminole Nation, you know, chosen to represent the mascot for uh, Florida State Athletics. So that, that's, that's an example. Hey, maybe that's something that, um, I guess, not in New York State you can't do because, you know, in Albany they said that no school can have um, that as a mascot. You know what's offensive to me and what I would take, like, really a, a offense to what's if that? I was native would, would be the people who say, well, what's next? You're canceling mascots. Are, are, is Bulldogs going to be offensive next? There, how many people have texted in about animals? Listen, these are people. There's a clear difference between people and animals. Again, you're not calling into the PETA hour. There's a clear wow. difference between people and animals. And you taking this example and saying, well, they're going to, you know, we got to change our animal nickname next. You're proving John Kane's point <laughs> that you're not looking at our neighbors as people. You're looking at them as a totally different group of something else you're proving his point when you make these idiotic comparisons anyways joe what are you talking about today well today um uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the bills obviously after yesterday the bills support the fandom in uh western new york also uh any holiday parties are you actually going to go to on saturday um we'll talk about that then can i go off the rails on you of course. This idea that people are like so stunned that the Bills are playing on Saturday night. Was I, this I, not on the schedule as TBD? It was never listed as Sunday ever. I never thought it was going to be Sunday. And just like, by the way, the Patriots game is also a TBD, just the, so everyone knows. The game, the Saturday, was never listed as happening on Sunday. No, and, and I, most people thought it was going to be Saturday. I, I think if you were to assume one thing, I would have assumed it was going to be on Saturday. Yes, for sure. The NFL Network only gets a few games this season. They weren't going to turn down what's going to be a very well-viewed game. If you're shocked by this development, I think that's on you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you scheduled something, that's that's on you. Also, we're going to get uh, into a little bit of politics, Brian. Um, we, we talked with Dave Leventhal yesterday about uh, the aging of our Senate and Congress. And, you know, Dianne Feinstein's 89 years old. And you've got Joe Biden, who's president, Donald Trump, the former president. Would you like to see something different in 2024? Just two completely different candidates. I know I would. We'll talk about that. And yes, Brian, we're going to talk about workplace romance. All coming up next. 
with Joe Beamer in for David Bellavia. There you go. Uh, Joe's coming up after the news. Thanks for being with me. Uh, We'll both be back here bright and early tomorrow on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.